Welcome to the Blockchain VC, a podcast about crypto and the digital assets ecosystem. My name is Tomer Federman, and I'm the managing partner at Federman Capital. We invest in the most promising blockchain startups across the globe. I have more than 15 years of experience in tech, and before starting the fund, I was on the product side at Facebook, where I led product strategy and global growth of some of Facebook's major ad products. Previously, I also lived in Silicon Valley for a few years, where I attended Stanford Business School. You can find me on Twitter at Tomer Federman. Before we begin, please note that this podcast is for informational purposes only. And all the opinions expressed on this show, either by guests or me, do not reflect the opinions of Federman Capital. Nothing on the Blockchain VC podcast represents an investment or financial advice. Please, do your own research. Also, if you like this episode of the Blockchain VC and want to help bring more awareness to the space, I'd really appreciate it if you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This only takes a few seconds and helps get the word out. Okay, let's do this. All right, guys. I have some amazing interviews coming up. So to make sure you get early access to these as soon as they are released, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform you're using. Really excited to welcome to the show today, Will Reeves, founder and CEO of Fold. Will, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Tomer. Excited. So, Will, would love to kick things off by uh, learning more about your background and how you got into the crypto space. Absolutely. Well, um, I have been living in the Bay Area uh, as and uh, been a tech founder and kind of entrepreneur for over the last decade or so, working primarily in consumer uh, and retail and payments. So. I had some great background building interesting payment systems, uh, recurring payments, uh, peer-to-peer payments, uh, and all different types of contexts from uh, a consumer retail environment like the Google Store to peer-to-peer marketplaces where you would exchange a house or a car uh, with another individual directly. And uh, you know we would create products that could facilitate that process. And so my background's always been building and particularly in how can we have two individuals come together and exchange value in different ways. And um, my experience with with Bitcoin has uh, overlapped in many ways. I had some incredible experiences um, with Bitcoin in many different environments from seeing it uh, at work down in Argentina during some financial crises to uh, Occupy Wall Street um, to use as a, uh, remittance currency, uh, for migrant workers. And so it's always been something that's, uh, been fascinating to me. I've been following it personally for a long time. Uh, however, I felt like I would dedicate myself professionally to it as well and, uh, kick off fold. Got it. And when was that? Uh, so two, about two years ago, I came to dedicate myself to professionally to fold and go full time in on Bitcoin and uh, building the product. Was there any particular development or something that happened that drove you to, you know, finally make that decision and decide to go full time into the space? Actually, there was. It was I'd been following uh, Bitcoin for a while 
And I knew I wanted to be in the kind of payments and rewards space. And so as I was looking at, you know, where we were, um, you know, two years ago, we were really at the point where Lightning wasn't really uh, fully released. It was really more something spoken about and, you know, maybe a a, a, a primitive test net available. Um, and uh, the UX at that time, uh, in my opinion, was... Uh, might as well be 10 years ago from now from the progress we've made. And so I really saw an inflection point between the maturity of um, the, the maturing um, state of wallets for how to use Bitcoin uh, on ramps on how to get Bitcoin and then specifically layer two technologies like Lightning, um, where uh, it would t- create an entirely new way to experience Bitcoin. And so I knew this was a great opportunity to to um, get back in the game and and uh, try out our thesis of you know bringing Bitcoin to the world by um, pairing it with everyday behaviors. Right. And what was it about? You mentioned you knew you wanted to go into payments and rewards. What was it specifically about that vertical that attracted you? Well, I knew that Bitcoin needed to have more creative ways to onboard people. And so up until this point, the only way for someone to get Bitcoin or was to either buy it or to have someone send it to them. And in all of those uh, uh, contexts, a user either needs to have a wallet set up uh, ahead of time or needs to be able to have the mindset that they're ready to commit to actually start to buy Bitcoin and make a, you know, a a, a bet or a risky uh, asset on a on a very volatile asset. And so I knew that there had to be other ways of introducing people that, number one, would remove the uh, pay to play aspect where you'd have to put money on the line before, you know, accumulating Bitcoin. And number two, all of the onerous wallet setup that is important, uh, however, does create a barrier to entry for many people. And so I really looked around and said, what how can we use everyday behaviors, meet a consumer where they are today? but uh, give them the benefits of Bitcoin while they're doing it. And so payments and rewards became really obvious. Um, Lightning made it so that the actual act of payment using Bitcoin uh, could be uh, at the level of what a credit card is in terms of speed and and cost. Uh, But also uh, the idea of earning Bitcoin rewards is, or of earning rewards in general while paying is, really something foundational to kind of consumer culture here in the United States, at least, and in many other parts of the world where every swipe you get cash back or um, airline miles or loyalty points. And so instead, if we put, give you Bitcoin instead, uh, this turns out to be a really effective way to onboard people um, where the question is not, is Bitcoin a better money? But is Bitcoin a better reward? And for the majority of people, it, it very much is. It's the best performing asset over the last decade. It can be spent on anything. It can be sent to anyone. It can accrue value, which are all qualities that none of the other reward schemas actually offer. And so this made Bitcoin have an, incre- uh, a, a, an incredible competitive advantage in this context. And uh, I thought that it would be you know, something that would meet consumers where they are today and, um, uh, you know, create an entirely new way to for people to start accumulating it. And so 
that's the experiment we tried to we we'd set forth to make and i think it's really proved out uh over over the years what i really like about that line of thinking is i think for many of us in the weeds it's uh, sometimes difficult to fully appreciate how tough it is for people who are not that deep in the weeds, right, or, or who do not spend most of their day thinking about Bitcoin and crypto, how difficult it is to even set up like a digital wallet or figure out where to buy Bitcoin, how to set up an account uh, with an exchange, a reputable one, and then move that money from the exchange, where do you custody it, and so forth. So anything that helps make that process of getting exposure to Bitcoin and crypto easier and more adjusted to what people are used to doing in the more traditional world, I think is just of great service, not just to the company, but to the space as a whole. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And really, you think about the different ways someone accumulate, can, can accumulate Bitcoin. And so you have um, the, the traditional ways of someone sending it to you or you buying it off an exchange. And a lot of those moments... For a new user, at least, it's a moment of um, that happens. Uh, you know, maybe by happenstance, you have a friend who says in the moment, "Hey, I want to, I want to send you some your first Bitcoin," or "Hey, uh, my friend just gave it a convincing argument of why Bitcoin is going to go up. I'm going to put some money down and buy some Bitcoin on an exchange." And then what happens is, you either a keep the money on the exchange and don't create a wallet and don't kind of follow best practices of, you know, not your keys, not your coin, or you're given the chance of, uh, oh, I can download a custodial wallet right now and just get this done to have just at least have somewhere to put the money for a while. But the last thing you're going to do is really think about a non-custodial wallet because the moment you, in your mind, you already have Bitcoin, just like when you have money hits your bank account in your mind you already have your money and the model just doesn't carry over and so something like fold and other on-ramps that allow you to accumulate and in that time of accumulation fold and other companies and services can educate you and slowly bring you into the right wallet that matches you the right you know whether that's hardware wallet or a custodial wallet or non-custodial fold can help and has the time to help educate you on what is actually right, not what is just most convenient in that moment. Absolutely. So what is Fold, Will? Well, quite simply, Fold is uh, what I believe the easiest way to earn Bitcoin on everyday spending and purchases. Just like you would earn uh, airline miles or hotel points or cash back with your credit card, Fold gives you Bitcoin for spending. And so the way it works is you sync a credit card, you download our app, you have a credit card on file and you purchase credit at various retailers, Starbucks, Amazon, Uber. Um, and from there, you purchase credit and you spend down that credit at these various retailers. So at Starbucks, for instance, you're given a barcode, uh, which you use at the checkout. Or you can add the Starbucks credit directly to the Starbucks app and double down, double up on on rewards that way. But essentially, it is allowing you to have a way to earn Bitcoin without really changing too much of your consumer behavior. Right. Is Fold only available for online shopping right now? Or can you also use it in physical stores? When we set out to make Fold, we wanted to meet 
both the consumer and the merchant where they are today. So we talked about the consumer. You know, we don't want you to have to buy Bitcoin and um, we're going to give you a new way to passively earn it uh, and get exposure as long as you have a credit card or debit card. And that that works very well for a consumer, meeting them where they are today. On the merchant side, we wanted to do the same thing. And what do merchants have? Well, they have an existing POS system and um, existing people at the checkout line um, helping you complete your transaction. And so we wanted to create a product that wouldn't require any new software, any new hardware, or any new training for that for that merchant so that we could spin them up in as little amount of time and get them involved in the Bitcoin ecosystem very quickly. And so the way that we built the product is we connect directly into um, what are called prepaid rails, or this is store credit or gift cards, basically the internal credit system of these merchants. So instead of going over Visa and MasterCard, we connect directly with the um, prepaid or credit systems of these retailers. And so when you spend on Fold, you send us a credit card transaction or a lightning a Bitcoin lightning transaction. And in real time, we convert that into a, um, a payment code that can be used at these different retailers, whether that is online, in-app or in-store. Ah, okay, so that happens at the point of purchase, basically. And then I can redeem that. Yeah. So with Starbucks, for instance, you you open up the app and you're you're in the Starbucks checkout line, and you purchase ten dollars of credit at Fold. And once you do that, you're going to be immediately given a barcode that then you can scan directly at the register. So uh, it really is a seamless way to pay, and the the merchant doesn't even necessarily know that number one, you're getting Bitcoin back, or two, that you may have actually paid for it with Bitcoin. Huh, interesting. So basically, there's no, there's no need for the merchant to collaborate with you in order to have that offering for users or clients. The, the reason why we need to uh, collaborate with merchants is because of our cashback model. So the way it works is that we will approach merchants and say, hey, we are going to bring you new customers that are going to change their loyalty from X competitor to you because they want to earn and spend Bitcoin. And uh, we're also going to make sure that all of the transactions that go through our system are not going through Visa or MasterCard so that you save 2 to 3% on every purchase. And then even more so, because uh, we are, are facilitating the transaction, you, the merchant, aren't responsible for chargebacks or disputes. And so what happens is merchants start to see a very big value add here where they can get started with very little overhead and um, start to experiment with both Bitcoin, Bitcoin and Bitcoiners as the audience. Right. So what happens when someone wants to return a product? How do you handle that? So the way it works is essentially the same way that it would work if you purchase something with a gift card or store credit. When you return it, you're going to um, be subject to the return rules of that given retailer, which most often are either giving you cash or giving you store credit. Got it. And how do you handle custody, Will? So with custody, 
fold. So in terms of a reward, what happens is as you spend on the fold app, you are given uh, your Bitcoin rewards instantaneously. So this is really different than a lot of other sats back or Bitcoin cash back programs that you need to wait you know, 90 days to get. Fold gives it to you right after you purchase. And so this is then added to your account. And you can see in the upper left corner um, all of your sats that you've earned. And when you're ready to withdraw, we will send it to your personal wallet. And so technically, Fold is only holding a ledger of your um, accrued Bitcoin at the time of purchase. And when you're ready to withdraw, you can withdraw to any wallet, whether that's custodial or non-custodial. And so technically, Fold itself is not a wallet. We just pay out rewards to whatever wallet the user chooses. And curious, what's the response from merchants been so far? Sounds like you know, not really much is needed from them. But I'm just wondering, like, how much do you need to educate them about Bitcoin and the opportunity there? Or like, how do you get merchants involved? So the way the pitch really starts is, number one, Fold knows what every merchant wants. And that's more customers and better loyalty. And so Fold has a lot of great proof points that we can come in there and say, once you add Bitcoin rewards uh, on Fold, you're going to see your average order increase, your um, average spend and frequency of, of spend increase. Um, and you are going to be able to uh, have really good qualitative and quantitative evidence that you are actually changing the way people's um, uh, personal kind of retail preferences are. People will switch merchants from one to another that actually offers Bitcoin cash back in our experience. And so that's really where we start is, hey, this is a great way to open up a new audience and generate new loyalty. The second thing that they have is that they know that they can always then use Bitcoin as a way to start a Bitcoin rewards as a way to start experimenting, looking into what this means, because they don't have to do anything. And so really it oh, it is the beginning of a conversation. The, the first pitch is normally very easy. They understand it. And more than anything, it just opens up questions. And so then they'll start to ask things like, well, what can users do with that Bitcoin once they have it? And then I get to explain, you know, they can really do anything. Bitcoin is, is a money just like any other money with other special qualities. And then they ask, well, how come you offer more Bitcoin cash back when a user spends with Bitcoin? And then I can explain to them how... Uh, escaping Visa and MasterCard uh, rails um, allows you to have uh, cheaper fees and uh, reduce chargebacks, which is for a merchant, a billion dollar right. problem. And so it's for us, it's an evolution, uh, that conversation. Got it. And when you say more, you mean more compared to fiat, compared to MasterCard and Visa? Yes, exactly. Most likely I'm referring to MasterCard and Visa. I, um, you know, really the idea and the amount of transactions happening on MasterCard and Visa is going up while the amount happening with actual physical cash is going down. And so really what Fold wants to do is provide the same level of privacy and ease of use as cash with the rewards of a credit card. Makes sense. And do you find that you spend the, you mentioned educating people earlier do you spend a lot of time educating the users 
Or do you right now focus on people who are already bought into Bitcoin, they get the value pop and they just want to find ways to accumulate? You know, when Fold was was um, only, you know, lightning payments into merchants and Bitcoin back rewards, we were primarily speaking to a very advanced Bitcoin audience. Number one, they already had Bitcoin. Number two, they already have an, a lightning wallet. And number three, they're actually using it in a retail context. So it was a very advanced user. But back in uh, September, October, when we launched our options for credit and debit cards, it really started to open up the type of person that was using Fold. And so for us, we noticed that the uh, average age started to increase and was more diverse. We had a lot more younger and older people. Um, and we had people who had never had Bitcoin before. This was their first experience with it. Our one of my favorite things is to go through our support tickets that just very clearly show what a uh, far more diverse and interesting group of people we have that are not just Bitcoiners, but people who either come to us because they think we have better cash back, just higher rewards, um, just deal seekers, and then they get Bitcoin. They get to understand what Bitcoin is, and that is a massive audience. Others just say, hey, I never wanted to buy Bitcoin. I've never wanted to, you know, gamble on it, let's say. But this is a low risk way for me to get exposure. And so for them, uh, they this is a great on ramp. And then, of course, we also have our hardcore, you know, Bitcoiners that um, just want another way to accumulate. And they are stacking sats like like crazy until they're having. Right. I guess I'm curious if you also educate the users about, you know, Bitcoin's value pop and why they should or should not hold it over the long run and, you know, this sort of stuff. Well, this is our one of our, I think our, well, our num one of our main focuses for uh, 2020 is getting better at this. So we do a lot of things. We've done um, things like myfirstbitcoinpizza.com. Uh, we uh, essentially play the support team for nearly every wallet in the space because once people are using a wallet and they're trying to get, you know, their Amazon or Uber and Starbucks and, you know, the wallet's not working, well, they're going to come to Fold to say, why is my wallet not working? And so Fold gets to educate a lot about how wallets work, alternatives that they might consider using to make their life easier or make more sense for them. Uh, but to be honest, we don't do, we had an interesting support ticket come in the other day. It was, it was someone who said, you know, I've, I've never had Bitcoin before. I'm, I'm older. I, I always shop with cash back sites and my, you know, someone recommended fold to me. Um, but I, I don't know, should I use my Bitcoin on a future purchases and spend it? Or should I be saving it? What should I do fold? And so that puts Fold in an interesting position because we are firmly about Bitcoin being used for whatever purpose makes most sense for you. And so for a hodler's context that uh, for the most part, we think saving it, watching it appreciate, understanding how the asset works over time mm -hmm. is a wonderful way of using it. But we also know that people find value in using it as a medium of exchange too. And so for us, it's really about just trying to make it clear what historically has been incredible about Bitcoin. It's been the best performing asset over the last 10 years. 
but it can do all of these other things as well. And so here's all the information we can put in front of you to help you make that decision. Um, but Fold enables pretty much anything you want to do with Bitcoin, you can do with Fold. And so we ourselves as Fold are trying to figure out how we can even you know, ramp up our education, but also how do we start to answer these these questions when we're minting new Bitcoiners with this app, what is our responsibility towards education about how to use Bitcoin, the dangers of it, the benefits of it? And um, I only expect we're going to be going deeper and deeper into the education area as we as we go move through the year. Right. It's almost as if you're feeling, I guess, the role of a financial advisor to a certain degree at that point when people start asking, you know, should I spend it or should I hold it? Yeah, that makes me very nervous to position ourselves as that <laughs> right. for these reasons, but you are very right. And how do you get the word out, Will? How do you acquire more and more users? So primarily, Fold has been growing via word of mouth, um, and which has been incredible to see. We, we, we really knew, we wanted to say, see, okay, let's build a product that tests this assumption. Let's lower the barrier to entry to Bitcoin to the lowest it's, in my opinion, ever been besides when we used to have faucets available out there where you could actually just go get free Bitcoin. I think this is the easiest way that Bitcoin has ever been able to be accumulated. Um, and so I think that is where we are, um, you know, really starting with that is, is, is how can we continue to double down on making it as simple as possible um, for the user. And is it now available only to users in the U.S.? And if so, do we have plans to go internationally as well? You know, it, it's it's this is one of the interesting conversations we have with a lot of our users, especially international people interested in using it. Is hey, Bitcoin is a global, you know, censorship resistant currency. How can you release a product that doesn't natively work globally <laughs> already? Right. And I feel the same way. I think it should be. I, if I could have it that way, I would do it. The, 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 the challenge comes in is that Fold is all about integrating Bitcoin into incumbent systems. And so to some extent, we have to play ball with the rules, regulations, and limitations of those incumbent systems. And so this is payment processors. This is... Um, uh, different regulations. This is uh, different forms of payment. This is different tax uh, um, uh, identifications and classifications. And so really everywhere you go, even state by state in the US is a patchwork of different uh, of a different context. And so for us, really, it's about proving that this is a thing worth global, uh, worth a global audience. And I think we very quickly proved that number one, the demand is there and that it is, but we didn't know that at the beginning. And so for us, it's really now embarking on how do we start to slowly bring in the rest of the world, uh, to, to this, you know, wonderful new tool that we have. And so for us, I frequently advise people abroad who are wanting to start a sats back or cash back service. I, I've, uh, advised and consulted them on how they can do it so that maybe they could accelerate adoption uh, beyond the U.S. Um, but also Fold has very clear intention to be moving internationally this year. Um, it's just a matter really of time. 
I guess curious when you listening you talk about Bitcoin and your offering, I feel like there's two narratives out there, right? There's people who believe Bitcoin is money, and over time will become more and more so, right? To the point where people just start purchasing directly with Bitcoin, whatever it is that they want to buy. There's, I think, another line of thinking that says, well, you know, Bitcoin is great and it's great as a store of value. But for commerce and, you know, day-to-day purchases, actually stable coins make more sense just because they're pegged to the US dollar and you remove that volatility issue from the equation. Irias, what's your take? So I think, uh, you know, what Satoshi built... Uh, with the game uh, mechanics inside of it, the incentives, and even the actual you know technical infrastructure was built to be day one ready for a store of value narrative. All you need to be able to do is send and receive and hold and let the game mechanics of Bitcoin take it from there. And so really the 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 technical stack net required to make, hodling and store a value thesis real um, was there really from day one. And so for us, it's something that we think is fundamental to Bitcoin. And it very much is. That is the only narrative right now that is proven out to be true and um, at least uh, very promising right now. And so all of us at Fold are, are hodlers. We, we believe in Bitcoin as being a store of value and to continue that route. But where we think, where I think we diverge from some of the other, you know, majority thinking in Bitcoin now is whether Bitcoin can be used as a medium of exchange. And Fold has been able to watch this for a long period of time. You know, we were one of the first groups that allowed you to spend Bitcoin and buy a Starbucks coffee with it, for instance. And so we were able to follow what that was like on chain. And that was a 10 minute wait you know, fees that cost as much as the cup of coffee, um, you know, pissing off everyone in line. And maybe you actually sent a little, you know, a little under the amount that you were supposed to. And so you actually didn't even get your coffee. And so there were so many UX challenges of of using it in a, any type of commercial uh, context that just made it very f- obvious that it really wasn't going to meet mainstream needs in that context. And so then we saw lightning come and then we said, oh, well, what this means is that uh, all of the UX challenges can be removed, right? You can have instantaneous um, uh, 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 transactions. You can have low fee transactions. Uh, this is going to be great. We're finally going to be able to make you know Bitcoin commerce a thing. But really what Fold is starting to see is that when we talk about payments, there's really two types of uh, payments that are that can happen with Bitcoin. Number one, that uses it Bitcoin as a medium of exchange primarily. So someone sending Bitcoin to another person and receiving that Bitcoin and making sure that that happens in as short a period of time with as low as fees as possible. But there's also as a settlement layer or a way to settle payments. And so this is what Fold is particularly interested in. The idea that anybody can originate a payment from whatever currency they choose, USD, pounds, euros, and in, con- in transit, 
it is converted into a Bitcoin lightning payment where the merchant can settle in Bitcoin or can settle in whatever fiat currency they decide. And so the interesting difference here is that in the first example, when someone spends that Bitcoin, uh, purchases something with that Bitcoin, that Bitcoin is subject to capital gains because they bought the Bitcoin at one price and then sold it or uh, spent it at another, which then has capital gains exposure. They need to go and report that to the tax authorities. Um, and both sides are dealing with volatility. One side is losing Bitcoin. One side is gaining Bitcoin. But in the other context, one side is spending the money that is most convenient to them, USD, Euro, whatever it may be. Under the hood, it is being converted into Bitcoin and instantaneously sold. So it's an instant buy sell. So the user is not subject to capital gains. And the user may not even have to report it to IRS depending on the setup of the service. But the, the end user can be anywhere in the globe, can have it natively be transferred to any other type of currency they choose, whether they want to receive it in you know, whatever that is, or they can receive Bitcoin. And so ultimately what this does is, number one, it creates an entirely new flow of um, a new flow of fiat into Bitcoin. So no coiners and Bitcoiners that don't want to spend Bitcoin, but want to contribute Bitcoin to merchants that want to accept it. Now you have all this fiat turning into Bitcoin through commerce, through payments. And so this is kind of how we're starting to see the development of Bitcoin start to have a new kind of uh, branch off of the payments thesis that in my mind, really makes a lot more sense to using the core qualities of Bitcoin as, a, as the best set global settlement layer rather than a pure payment rail. Does that make sense? That's a really interesting thesis. So if I understand you correctly, basically what you're saying is you're going to convert in and out of Bitcoin pretty much instantly. And that's the way you're going to remove the volatility issue from being a consideration and you see that also as a means to basically turn bitcoin to medium of exchange and not necessarily having to use a stable coin that's exactly right and now do i think stable coins will play an incredible role in uh, future commerce absolutely I, I i do not mean to say that um you know bitcoin will make stable coins obsolete it doesn't bitcoin opens up a different a different vector. Number one, you can preserve censorship resistance in the settlement side of it. You can preserve all of the qualities. And this whole problem that you have people saying volatility is an, you cannot overcome that as a UX challenge is just not true. If you have an instantaneous buy and sell of Bitcoin, the volatility really doesn't matter because it's being bought and sold at the same price. There is no volatility. And so what you're essentially doing is creating a a, a global settlement layer. So no matter where the consumer is, no matter where the merchant is and what banking systems that they're a part of, in the middle, they get the payment gets to have a uh, stopover in this globally um, available censorship resistant area and then can convert out for whatever reason into any other currency. And so it provides a way that current that commerce could happen um, on Bitcoin 
in a way that actually makes the number go up. So instead of people constantly just selling Bitcoin that already exists, instead it's people having putting more and more fiat into Bitcoin. And so it helps number go up too. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out and whether indeed we're going to see Bitcoin being used as a medium of exchange more and more over time for the reasons you just highlighted. Curious also if you see increased demand from users to use your service and to earn Bitcoin rewards as the price goes up. Like how much does Bitcoin going up impact demand for your product? I think um, massively. I think, you know, beyond just us having an incredible product and doing really, you know, great job with, you know, growth and referrals and things like that. I think the number one kind of elephant in the room or issue is that if a bull run is started, I think the first thing on people's tongues about getting no coiners in as they're seeing the price go up will and it will now be a question whether they recommend a Coinbase or a Fold. Um, and so you start to see people, you know, once the bull run starts and you have all the kind of mainstream uh, focus on what's happening in Bitcoin, I think now a new option is given to these no coiners who are interested. And so Bitcoin or in Fold will be on the tip of everyone's tongue for this. And I think it will be a massive benefit to both Fold, but also to our own users. And so, you know, some some users on Fold have thousand dollars, thousands of dollars already at Bitcoin's current price in rewards that they've earned. And so once you see a, a bull run kick off, it's going to really energize our own community as well, which will then have them start to evangelize it and bring it to wider and wider groups of people. Yeah, makes sense. You know, I always find it funny that as we see a bull run and the price appreciates rapidly, people get really excited about Bitcoin, right? And want to buy it. But when it's actually cheaper and goes down, like there isn't that level of enthusiasm about the about purchasing bitcoin even though fundamentally it's the it's the exact same asset and actually over time you could argue it's just becoming stronger and stronger yeah and we're, we're actually trying to do we again back to this education idea we're actually trying to figure out ux and design that can actually help with that mindset that not letting people know just when the price goes up because as you as someone earning rewards, you actually want to earn a ton of rewards when the price is down. The idea is how can we surface that to users saying, hey, now's a very good time to stack some sets um, because it's down or because it's quiet. Um, and so how much can we do that? Again, towing that line between financial advisor and um, you know reward service. But that's something that we are really trying to do is help people understand these these bull cycles these bear cycles and what behaviors to maybe adopt or consider during you know whichever one you find yourself in makes sense and what's next for you guys will you talked about your plans to expand beyond the u.s what else are you thinking about when considering your product roadmap and future plans you know for fold uh, we are we're going to continue our three things that we that we do is number one is um, making Bitcoin accessible to everybody. Um, number two is increasing the amount of merchants 
available on fold. And number three, con- con- uh, continuously improving uh, how we lend users privacy in their everyday shopping. And so in 2020, what you're going to see is all of the qualities of fold that you know of now kind of start to uh, go on hyperdrive. So instead of just being able to spend at you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 merchants, you're going to be able to earn Bitcoin at every merchant with Fold. So no matter where you spend your money, Fold is going to make sure that you are earning sats back. Um, Second of all, we're going to make it extremely easy for um, everyone to lend themselves more privacy in their everyday shopping. We believe that um, whereas browsers like Brave um, are now becoming standard because they preserve privacy, uh, Fold is building that, but for your wallet. So a VPN for your wallet or incognito mode for spending that keeps your spending data private out of the hands of advertisers um, or, God forbid, attackers um, and lending regular everyday consumers an entirely new level of privacy uh, that they haven't had. And so it's really just about we've proven out our initial um, uh, experiment in 2019 uh, and 2020 is now really solidifying it, expanding it and bring it to more and more people. Sounds like exciting times. How do you think about differentiating your product offering from some of the other Bitcoin rewards or cashback products out there? You know, it's 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 always interesting at this stage when a when a uh, you know a segment is so so young and early. Every everyone you know sees Bitcoin Cash back, and they're like, "Oh, these services operate; they're the same." But really, when you look at it, you know, in the fiat world, for instance, there are many different ways you can earn cash back rewards. You can earn it from a shopping uh, extension like Ebates or Rakuten, or you can earn it by spending on your credit card, um, or you can earn points for you know doing things at merchants. There's a lot of ways, or loyalty programs. There's so many ways that our incumbent system has rewards in form of cash back or airline miles or hotels that it's really a very varied ecosystem. And so f- right now, the same applies to the uh, the handful of sats back companies that are currently operating in bitcoin they all have very very different approaches to the market and so for fold ours is all about the payments and rewards so number one because we we control the moment of payment that's how we're able to give our users privacy and then we give you instantaneous cash back and so we're more akin to a credit card that gives you cash back than a Rakuten or Ebates that gives you cash back, which is more aligned with other players in the SatSpec space now. And so I really think as our companies start to execute on their roadmaps over 2020, it'll be more and more clear how differentiated these, these, these uh, companies actually are under the hood. And so Fold is really about being payments and rewards, becoming a platform that delivers Uh, the best rewards, and the best privacy to everyday shopping. Um, Other companies are going to go for purely rewards and give you the highest rewards back um, possible, just maybe like a Rakuten or Ebates, but you'll really start to see the differentiators 
much more clear, clearly, I believe, in 2020 as, as we all execute. So I don't think it will be a, an issue for differentiation. So basically what you're saying, there are trade-offs to be made and your sounds like your focus goes beyond just that rewards aspect of your offering. Yeah, we treat rewards. I mean, I we are under no um, illusion about Bitcoin rewards. They are a fundamentally better reward than what is currently being offered. And we think this is going to be realized by other startups, but also incumbents who already offer rewards. Rakuten... Um, just a couple weeks ago, announced that you can earn Bitcoin rewards from Rakuten, which is the largest uh, loyalty and affiliate um, uh, uh, program out there. And so, you know, a differentiator about offering Bitcoin rewards does not exist. It's just a great way to acquire customers and get loyalty. And so for Fold, we know that this is a a a limited time frame where it's only a handful of companies offer uh, Bitcoin cashback. I'd say in the next year or two, we will see an explosion of others also doing the same. And so for Fold, it's really important to know what our value is beyond simply slapping Bitcoin on cashback rewards. It's about bringing a new ease of privacy, lower fees to merchants, better rewards to consumers, more privacy to consumers. And the way to do that is create a, a platform for daily spending. And so uh, I am very excited for other players to join and start offering Bitcoin back rewards because ultimately all that means is that we're growing the the market and we're, we're doing it successfully. Makes sense. And up until this point, we talked a lot about Bitcoin. Do you see yourselves going beyond Bitcoin? Like, do you think you're going to expand to other cryptocurrencies, maybe ETH, DAI, and so forth? You know, we are uh, really guided by what our community is asking for and what we as a team believe in. And right now, uh, those two um, uh, those two qualities have really um, aligned very nicely. You know, for Fold, uh, we believe in uh, a, a globally uh, distributed censorship-resistant currency that is, you know, not captured by any special interests or uh, special interests with undue influence. And so for us, Bitcoin is a, a the primary option for that. Number two, it's also just better and a great business idea. That's currently when you talk to anyone outside of Bitcoin, what crypto is, it is Bitcoin in their mind. That's what what it represents and they know that there's other things there but really for them it's bitcoin bitcoin has the best brand but also our users just want it and right now we do not see any reason or none of the other cryptocurrencies have really provided a, a viable argument for why we should also integrate and take on the extra overhead the extra education all of the things that are involved it's not just switching on a new currency it's switching on an entirely new user experience. And for us, we feel focusing on Bitcoin, doubling down on Bitcoin, improving Bitcoin by contributing to Lightning and other things is really where our efforts are best spent. And I wish, you know, luck to anybody spinning up these services, maybe for another cryptocurrency to see if it has the same legs. I, I, I welcome that. Um, but for Fold, we are, we are uh, focused on Bitcoin. Okay, so it doesn't sound like you're thinking about implementing Ethereum anytime soon. 
especially given you know DeFi's growth right there's been a lot of talk about DeFi and how over the past two years or so that space has really grown quite significantly we're, we're watching I, th- I think watching the space has, has been has been great to see um, I think there are the idea of the DeFi as an experiment is still very much an experiment. And as we start to be more in control of introducing people to cryptocurrency, we have to be very careful about what we introduce people to because Fold could potentially be the on-ramp that is the gateway drug to a major loss from betting on the wrong crypto or doing something like that, that we don't want to be responsible for, nor do we think is a good thing for the ecosystem. We want people to enjoy uh, Bitcoin and this world that we're welcoming welcoming them into. And so for us, we are watching DeFi. I think there are a lot of interesting projects over there. I think Pool Together is, is something specifically that Fold is looking at, um, or no loss lotteries. But I'm of the belief that, you know, Ethereum and pretty much all the other cryptocurrencies were created because they weren't necessarily patient enough for Bitcoin to be developed to the point where it could also offer those qualities or that level of expression. And I am of the belief that um, these services and similar services and models will be able to um, come to Bitcoin in due time. Uh, It just takes longer because of the nature of Bitcoin development. Got it. And from your perspective, I feel like you have a unique... um view in terms of both merchant needs and what the shoppers are looking for and especially shoppers who are comfortable using bitcoin what are we missing right now in your mind in order to get to mass adoption like how do we get from where we are right now to people using you know whether it's bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency on a daily basis shifting away from fiat as a means of medium of exchange out of these cryptocurrencies um uh, that may be around may create the same issues that we see with fiat so i don't necessarily ascribe to the idea that cryptocurrency in general is just a a better option than than fiat and so i'm primarily so let's let's focus on bitcoin then like what are we missing in order to get bitcoin to mass adoption so I think the uh, primary places to look at are number one, better on and off ramps. So the ways to make uh, fiat and all currencies speak natively with Bitcoin is incredibly powerful and interesting. And 2020 is going to see the explosion of these services. So what I mean by that is that anybody can have a fiat balance or bank account or money in any way and instantly make a Bitcoin payment or buy Bitcoin um, without necessarily even knowing it. And so services like Wire, SparkSwap, Escher, um, LN Strike, which is the one that was just announced, all are doing a great job to take us closer to that, to allow people to have an easier way of, of getting and using Bitcoin with their fiat. Um, I think that is a, a huge area of acceleration that will remove a major bottleneck that currently exists. Um, number two, we need better incentives. So I think Fold and Satsback cashback shopping is the best um, new incentive for getting Bitcoin or, or being involved in it since number go up, since the idea that Bitcoin appreciates. 
Um, so I think there are many other areas that we can start building these incentives. And that's things like gifting Bitcoin, um, helping you earn interest on Bitcoin. There's a lot of other interesting ways that I think will continue to grow, but that all represent unique incentives that are going to be enough to kind of push someone into the ecosystem. But I think the 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 main one that is also there is just another bull run. That has been a tried and true tactic for bringing in and minting new Bitcoiners um, and generating um, mainstream uh, awareness of the asset. And so I think between those three, if all three of those happen, then we'll be in pretty good shape. Yeah. Again, like we talked earlier, right? It's amazing once the price appreciates how much buzz that creates. So Will, you know, this is the Blockchain VC podcast. And one of the things I always like asking is about fundraising. A lot of the listeners of the show are aspiring entrepreneurs, people who, you know, want to develop their own product offering and go raise money. You've been successful in raising capital, right? I think you raised over $2 million. Are there any particular best practices or advice that you can share with our listeners about how to approach the fundraising process? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, everything, building a business on top of Bitcoin is um, provides another special set of challenges. Um, whether you're courting a new partner, a you know wanting to use a new third-party service or banking, there's just another layer um, that you have to overcome, and that's that you're building on a fundamental, fundamentally new asset class that is not widely understood by everybody. And so, when you're pitching a product. You are not pitching Bitcoin. You are just pitching an incredible new product with great incentives that people will want to pay for. And that's what you need to focus on more than anything. And from there, the story should bring about why then Bitcoin after that. But primarily, the pitch and everything needs to be investable to someone who does not have experience with Bitcoin. They should see the value proposition themselves without you even mentioning blockchain or Bitcoin. Um, from there you can get into it, but I would say that's a, that's a major thing is the storytelling is incredibly important in this space because you're not only battling the, um, you know, the odds of an early stage startup, uh, and the, um, the, the risk that that entails, but you're also building on an entirely new asset class that also comes with its own risk. And so you start to compound these things and what that does is that that needs to make you even more sure, even more hardened about the value proposition that your business brings to the table that will be widely understood by people. So I'd say focus on that first. And um, the second is there are a few um, funds out there that have really positioned themselves on the on the edge about about bringing and understanding this, this, these value propositions a little bit quicker than others. And so look at um, companies that you admire in the space, look at who's funding them and start having conversations. Call the, call the, the founder, get in touch with them, ask them how they pitched um, and also get in touch with those VCs and, and talk to them about how they think about the space. Um, I think between that, having a really solid value proposition and uh, for what you're building and also an awareness of 
where uh, you know VC is at that time is you can it will put you in good position to triangulate and really find out your best approach. But um, I think the main thing is is storytelling in a way that does not um, include any buzzwords or blockchain or crypto or Bitcoin, but is just self evident. Absolutely. I mean, I think you made some really great points, which really resonate with me, especially, you know, when I talk with entrepreneurs, to your point, like, I find that oftentimes the best ones are the ones and you know, I'm a blockchain focused investor, right? But the, the best ones actually don't bring up the blockchain or the Bitcoin point straight away. They talk about solving a real need. And yes, the way they do that is oftentimes by, you know, on the back end using the new possibilities being enabled by blockchain or Bitcoin. But that's not really like the core thing, right? Like the core thing that, you know, faster payments, cheaper, more efficient, more transparent and so forth. It's not, you know, are you using blockchain or not? What's the right timing in your mind? Like when entrepreneurs are thinking about, you know, they get to the realization that they want to raise funding, they want to go the VC route. How did you think about that? Should you first develop a prototype, maybe have some users and then go approach fundraising? Or should you do that before to get some feedback? How were you thinking about that? Building on the last point I made, Bitcoin entrepreneurs need to show more progress, more assurances than their counterparts not dealing with it. And so what we did with Fold was we actually created a couple experiments that were live products that brought together actual customers and merchants and at least were able to prove out early um, hypotheses that we had. And that proved uh, an incredible tool to de-risk it for um, fun, uh, fun, uh, investors that were interested, also allow us to have a level of understanding of who our customer is that provided another level of de-risking for investors, but also just social proof, you know, people talking about us, it was, was incredibly important. And so I am very much of the mindset that if you can have a piece of your product or at least the core mechanism of your product, um, uh, launched and, and put into uh, practice, that is the way you want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So, Will, thanks so much for taking the time today. Really enjoyed this conversation. Appreciate you taking the time to share your insights. Thank you very much, Tomer. It was, it was uh, great talking with you. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode of The Blockchain VC and want to help bring more awareness to the space, I'd really appreciate it if you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. This only takes a few seconds and helps get the word out. Thank you.